The way we spend money reflects what we value. In this morning's gospel, a wealthy man asks Jesus what he needs to do to inherit eternal life. Jesus tells him to sell everything he owns and to give the proceeds to the poor. In other words, to share his money in a way that gives hope to people who need hope. When he heard this, the man was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Money conflicts our spirits. For many of us, our connection to money is based in emotion, specifically fear. We want more, while at the same time we're afraid to let go of what we have or that there might not be enough. Although pursuing money was not the priority of Jesus' life, he talks about money a lot. His teaching is very clear. And yet the church that followed in his footsteps is often afraid to take up the subject. Once a year we speak about giving in support of the church, but rarely do we explore the power that money has over our souls. Our church has the opportunity to serve as a spiritual flashlight, helping guide us towards an honest, intentional, and generous relationship with money. Invented to serve a utilitarian purpose, the influence of money has grown outsized. We no longer relate to money as a tool that we created and that we control. In her book, The Soul of Money, Lynn Twist writes, Everyone is interested in money, and almost all of us feel a chronic concern or even fear that we will never really have enough or be able to keep enough of it. Many of us pretend that money is not important to us or we think it shouldn't be. Many of us live openly with the accumulation of money as our primary goal. No matter how much money we have or don't have, the worry we don't or won't have enough of it quickens our hearts. She continues, Money has become a playing field where we measure our competence and worth as people. We worry that if we stop striving for more, we'll somehow lose our place on the team. If we're not gaining ground, we feel like we're losing it. If we're not ahead of others financially, or at least even with them, we feel like we're falling behind and need to catch up. The game can be exciting at times, scary at other times, but always the stakes are high. Because on the playing field of money, if we're not winners, we're losers. The powerful push and pull of money often serves as our final consideration in decisions that we make about our work, our family, where we live. Our self-worth can be wrapped in our net worth. Jesus understood that the way we spend money reflects what we value. Financially motivated decisions can lead us away from our true selves, nudging us towards outcomes that might not align with our most cherished ideals. Jesus' worldview is expansive. 
But when it comes to two issues, how we treat the poor and marginalized, and how we interact with money, both of which are mentioned in this gospel, his teachings become dualistic. There is right and wrong. I think Jesus is so specific when speaking about money because he knows that if we're left to our own devices, when we have to choose between money or something else, we often choose money. It's not that money can't solve some short-term problems. It's that Jesus points us towards long-term answers. Seek relationships over money, Jesus teaches. Learn to share in ways that give hope to people who need hope. It's how we relate to others and love others that will show us the path to a meaningful life. We cannot buy our way there. We find the kingdom of God when we stop acquiring and start giving. Even a small amount of money can be healing when it is used to express our humanity. We have to learn to think this way. It takes intentionality. We view up to 3,000 advertisements each day, leaving us torn between what we're taught to want and what we actually need and can afford. In 2005, debt outpaced the personal savings rate for U.S. households for the first time since the Great Depression. Just this past week, our representatives deadlocked over whether or not to lift our debt ceiling. In this cash-driven world, it is vital that we bring the values of our souls into our relationship with money. Healthy faith communities have a role to play in this conversation. We as the church should have some language to offer the world that can help us reflect upon our purpose, that can teach us how to be generous, that can remind us that the world is very large and there's a lot of need, that life is not self-centered, and that the choices we make matter, even though we as individuals might feel small. In his book, God and Mammon in America, the Princeton sociologist Robert Withnow studies the relationship, the disconnect in the relationship between our professed spiritual commitments and the lives of work and money that we actually lead. He writes, we can do more than simply affirm the way things are. We can do this by joining with others in churches and synagogues, civic associations, and small groups to reflect on our priorities, to talk about the difficulties we face in our work and our spending, and to bring spiritual values to bear on these issues. The way we spend money reflects what we value When we align our relationship with money with our relationship with God, then money becomes a tool for sharing hope. Our church has a role to play in this conversation, helping us learn to relate to money in ways that are honest and generous and consistent with our deepest core values. 
the name of God. Amen. Amen.